This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Geometry lies beneath the graphical magic that made this tiger so convincing. Patrick Sannon used the tiger, the mathematical model tiger, to work on a geometric problem. Something that you need to do when you're making a movie or a video game is you need to paint on surfaces. If I have a character in a game, I need to say, you know, his skin is this color here, and he has some hair here. How do I do that? I take the surface of the thing I'm dealing with, and I flatten it out. I make a map. This method is what's called surface parameterization, which is to map a curved surface to a flat surface. This is a problem that dates back centuries. And what's interesting about it is you can't do it perfectly. If I need to take something curved, I need to make it flat. I have to distort it somehow. Greenland is not as big as it looks on a map because in order to flatten out the sphere, you have to introduce more distortion in that area. So the way that all this relates to our work is say we don't want to just flatten out the sphere. We don't want to just make a map. We want to make a map of any shape. For example, the surface of a tiger. To flatten this tiger, we can actually use the same sorts of trade-offs that we can use when we're making a map of the globe. But first you need to define the surface of the shape geometrically. So the tiger as a digital object, as opposed to something you see on the screen, is really just represented as a set of points and a set of triangles inside the computer. Well, so the point is that the triangle is really the simplest two-dimensional shape. And by working with those, you can simplify your task of working with a large, complicated shape into the task of working with these small, simple shapes. So this is called a mesh, and it's the fundamental data structure in a lot of geometry processing. So we say each point in space has some location. Each triangle connects three of those points. If you connect enough of these together, you get a shape like a tiger or the surface of the Earth or any other thing that you would see inside of a game or a movie. So everything you see is ultimately boiling down to triangles. Each triangle has a color, has a position. It can have other data attached to it, like how much hair is on it. So... When this mesh goes through the giant processing pipeline they have that takes it from this data to the tiger you see on the screen, everything is boiling down to what's happening on a triangle. So this is a way to greatly simplify what happens with this tiger. If I want to say how it moves, I just have to say how each triangle moves. If I want to say what color it is, I have to know what color each triangle is. So I was very lucky to work with Rhythm and Hughes Studios because they let me work on their actual production models to test my methods. So we got to use this tiger because it's a very interesting model and it's a realistic model. It would use to do computer animation for a film. No! Usually in the academic literature, you'll see the same tiny models used over and over. There's a classic bunny that you can get from Stanford that everyone uses. And this is great because everyone can test their methods and see how they stack up against each other. However... If I'm trying to model something that is as complex as something that would be in a movie, like this tiger, there's a whole new set of challenges that are involved. To find the best way to flatten more complex shapes, Patrick combined geometry with an idea from physics, elasticity. My contribution is taking the simplicity of geometry and marrying it with the physical rigor of elasticity. And what elasticity means on a basic level is that I have some object and how much stress is inside of it, how much force is inside of it, is just related to how much it's stretched. 
The simplest elastic object is a spring. This is an object that has some rest length, and as I stretch it, it stores energy. The more I stretch, the more force I get. So we understand very well the physics of elastic objects, of how stretchy things deform. We can tell you, for any given deformation of an object, how much energy it took to do that. So by minimizing this energy, I can come up with what is a pretty natural way to flatten a surface out. Essentially, they decided to treat that mesh made of triangles as if it were elastic. So what this realization that what we're actually talking about is elastic distortion. Um, how much do things resist changing in volume? How much do they resist shearing, changing in angles? We can use that intuition to say we're going to solve this problem of making a map by pretending that the map is made of an elastic material. By formalizing the problem in this way, you can actually use efficient algorithms and physical intuition from a very well-developed area of physics to help you solve this geometry problem. We say, here's a triangle. As I stretch this triangle, how much energy is stored inside of it? How much force do I get resisting me? So if what I'm interested in is flattening a surface out that I can paint onto it, what I can say is, I will just calculate the energy of flattening this object out. They calculate stretch across the entire tiger to figure out which arrangement of triangles will minimize distortion, measured as energy, shown in red in these diagrams. So by minimizing this energy over an entire tiger, for example, I can find what is, in some sense, is the best way to flatten a tiger out into the plane. But you wouldn't want distortion to be evenly distributed because some parts matter more than others. It's important to allocate a lot of area to places that the camera is going to see because there, an artist has to come in there and actually paint all the detail on there. So if you look at a tiger's face, he has all these little um, whiskers coming out. He has different kinds of fur, different kinds of colors. There's so much detail there that unless we can control that in some way, we'll have a useless mapping to the plane. The challenge for us was trying to make sure that when we flatten out his face, we leave enough area in that part of the tiger's face so that an artist can come and paint onto it. So one way to do this is to do what's called a multi-scale approach, where we model this tiger at different resolutions. So if I need to zoom in really close to this guy's face, I'll have to use millions and millions of triangles to represent that. If I'm just trying to do something from far away, or I'm trying to figure out how he deforms, I can actually get away with using less information. So our tool allows you to do this in an efficient way, and even in an interactive way, so that an artist can come along, design a tiger, flatten the tiger, and paint on the tiger. Change it if it doesn't meet their artistic goals. Animate the tiger, and then use it uh, in a fairly transparent way. You could say that the tiger is a series of points and triangles, but it doesn't look like that, does it? It has colors. It has fur. It has displacements. It has levels of opacity. It has all kinds of information which goes from this very bare representation geometrically to something visual. You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.